Hello, everyone, and welcome to another MedTeach On The Go podcast. I'm Dr. Jen Middleton, the Director of Faculty Development at Ohio Health in Columbus, Ohio. Today is September 8th, 2021, and our topic today is learner mistreatment. I'm thrilled to have our guest today, Dr. Matt Kunar. Dr. Kunar is the Director of Medical Education at our Dublin and Oblenis care sites here at Ohio Health. He is um, sharing information that he learned at a recent ACGME conference on learner mistreatment and has really been a leader for us here within our own health system with helping us understand the scope of the problem and driving solutions for us to better understand what's happening here at Ohio Health and make sure that we are supporting our learners. So thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Kunar. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So as always, you can find the full webinar of Dr. Kunar's presentation on the medteachonthego.com website. CME credit is available if you link to the webinar through the Cloud CME link on our website. So definitely encourage you to check out the whole webinar. There is a wealth of information. Dr. Kunar cites a lot of studies and brings a lot of great data to bear on this problem. But before we go any further, Dr. Kunar, could you please just define what is mistreatment? Sure. Well, I can, I can tell you what the AAMC uh, defines uh, mistreatment. And that is, um, mistreatment arises when behavior shows disrespect for the dignity of others and unreasonably interferes with the learning process. And it can take the form of physical punishment, sexual harassment, psychological cruelty, discrimination based on race, religion, ethnicity, sex, age, or sexual orientation. And I think what makes it hard is that it can, mistreatment takes all forms and doesn't, doesn't necessarily have legal resource, uh, recourse, such as harassment and discrimination. Yeah, so you opened the webinar um, with us role-playing some scenarios, and we asked folks who were participating live in the webinar to vote as to whether those scenarios constituted mistreatment or not. And I think what surprised me when I first looked at those scenarios was it's not necessarily always clear-cut what is or is not mistreatment. Yes, I agree. And I think the original um, role-playing that was presented at ACGME did that on purpose because we had a larger audience that was able to, we actually got a lot of no's mm-hmm. and, and some yeses, but probably the majority were, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And because I think we don't know because those scenarios we've all been part of, most of, most okay. of the scenarios we've been part of. And we looking back when we say, oh man, I don't know, or it, it, it's, almost, it's almost like we're looking back at ourselves and said, I didn't say anything 10 mm-hmm. years ago. But now, with the education that I have now, you know, that it's clearly, uh, some of those scenarios are clearly mistreatment. Well, and I suspect a lot of folks listening to this podcast or who have watched the webinar um, from today will be thinking back to times in their own past when they experienced mistreatment. You and I were chatting and sharing examples we had experienced ourselves. Um, you know, back in our training. So it is pervasive. And 
you presented some really powerful data, you know, estimates ranging from 33 to 50% of residents who have reported mistreatment with the suspicion that that isn't likely an underreporting, that they are reporting perhaps the most egregious and obvious cases, but that there are cases potentially not being well reported. Do you have a sense about why we think it's being underreported and what we might do about that? I think from the, the data and the studies I looked at, most are underreported because there's no consequence. Mm -hmm. So yes, they report, but no one closes that loop. No one does anything about it. So, and that, that takes hold. So your colleague, well, you know, Frank may have reported, but nothing happened. So why should I report? Mm -hmm. So I think that's one. And the other one is fear of retaliation. If I report, this is not anonymous, it comes back on me, I want to graduate, I want to be promoted, and I want a job in this healthcare system, so how does that look upon me? And, I'm, you know, and that person is the victim who's looking out for themselves. They've already been victimized um, during the mistreatment, and, and now they're also, they could be victimized for reporting. I, said, I think that's, um, when we think of a policy and how we go about doing that, it's something when they take into consideration how to protect the reportee. Uh, that, those are really critical points. And here at Ohio Health, we are working uh, to create a statement or a commitment to a self-learning environment. We have, as your health institution may have also, for those listening at other sites, a lot of policies in our human resources department and within graduate medical education around specific issues such as harassment and bullying and retaliation. But we don't have one core unifying statement that pulls them together and makes transparent to our learners that we do commit to the safe learning environment that clearly defines mistreatment and provides a reporting mechanism for them, which is work that we are working toward here at Ohio Health. So when we think about responding to mistreatment, Dr. Kunar, you mentioned kind of a three-pronged approach that we need to prevent as much as possible, we need to intervene promptly when there is a report, and then we need to complete that process by working to retain, uh, to not lose the folks who do report the mistreatment. Could you expand on those a little bit? Sure. So I think that the, the first part is that prevention. And prevention comes from education. And it's what we did today. It's what we're doing now. If, if we don't know that there's a problem, then we can't solve the problem, which you also mentioned. And so we need to educate. People may not know, especially folks who've trained long ago or even very recently because it's been a systemic issue uh, for medical education or all probably academia for a long time. And we need to let people know, yes, you may have been mistreated, and that's not okay just to mistreat someone else. So they go, number one is education, 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 and then have our, um, develop a, like you said, a policy or a commitment to a safe learning environment, um, and um, fac mandatory faculty development, it's mandatory learner um, uh, education, report all that. So I think there's, that's so important that just for the delay the groundwork of the policy. And then, so it's great to have a policy. It's great to say, let's not do it. We know what mistreatment is. But then if you don't have anything 
to go with it, mm. any type of repercussions. And then, and then the policy is, is, is worthless. <laughs> so you have to have some teeth to that policy. So, and also we have to respect the person who's been mistreated. So we need to respond quickly to that person, uh, trainee, faculty, uh, who makes who makes the uh, mistreatment um, reports of mistreatment? We have to investigate swiftly for the, for the perpetrator too, because not all mistreatment is mistreatment, and uh, so we don't want to, I guess, go that go that way. We have to investigate. We have to do our due diligence there, but we also have to close the loop. And maybe someone who thought it was mistreatment. It could have been a misunderstanding. That does happen. We often don't necessarily think that because our minds now just always go to mistreatment, but that might not always be the case. So we do have to protect um, everyone in this scenario as well. And then I think um, you, had, you had mentioned that um, closing, yeah, I'll just say close the loop for both, but also you said re retention. So the way we retain is we focus back on our um, our cardinal values, our, our values at Ohio Health or any institution. And for us, it's to respect the dignity um, and worth of, of everyone, essentially. And so if you just go fall back on that value, then in that essence, no one should be mistreated. And so, and I think GME and our learners, as long as we can instill that value and students from the first time they step foot in our organization and we re-educate and keep the information going and be open and transparent, then we create attendings who hopefully will never mistreat learners. Um, but this campus be owned by GME. Uh, it can start with us, but as we saw in some of the data, there's, um, we have our nursing staff or high offenders of the mistreaters, um, so and and administrators or high offenders of mistreaters. So we in GME can own the the UME, the GME transition, and help to try to um, analyze, report, uh, and intervene in in that realm. But it's going to take a you know a small small army of people who are really dedicated to this to help decrease it and hopefully eliminate it from our um, medicine in general. Absolutely, very well said. And as Dr. Kunar mentioned during the webinar, you know, have to give a shout out to Mount Sinai, which is really, their institution has been a leader and a trailblazer in establishing a lot of these norms and being willing to share so much of their information to the cause of furthering this uh, collaboration and improving the environment for our learners. Any final thoughts, Dr. Kunar? I'll just say, uh, again, I think I, I mentioned it earlier, is that before I, I attended this, uh, this lecture, the seminar at ACGME, this was nowhere on my radar. I think we, um, it might have, in my mind, might have been called something else. We have such an emphasis on wellness, and ACGME has such an emphasis on wellness as, as we should. But it's not just about intervening 
about wellness and watching the 80-hour work week and, and everything there. It starts much earlier. So we, we have this commitment to a safe learning environment. You can't have a safe learning environment if, if there's learner mistreatment that's happening uh, in, in the 360. Um, and so I think it's really important, and we need to do our part, at least with our own learners, students, residents, and our GME faculty and staff. We can, if we can, uh, if we can help them, that takes a, that takes a, a large percentage of our hospital base, and then hopefully we can expand it out further. Thank you so much, Dr. Kunar, for being with us today. Again, you can catch the entire webinar with all the data and all the details at medteachonthego.com. You can claim CME credit for free for viewing and uh, getting connected with our webinar. And you'll find lots of other resources at our website, an ever-growing library of those quick little five to 10 minute quick takes videos, some quick sheet one pager uh, for taking back to your own faculty development or using to refresh your memory on some key faculty development topics, an ever-growing library of recorded webinars that are available for CME credit. So please go check out medteachonthego.com. Thanks for being with us today as we talk about this important issue of learner mistreatment. I'm Dr. Jen Middleton, Director of Faculty Development at Ohio Health in Columbus, Ohio. Thanks for being with us, and we hope to be with you again soon.